Welcome to the Good Chris Selfie Music Podcast. I am Levi Jelano, and my co-host is Levi Myers. We've started the Good Christadelphian Music Podcast because there's so much music being made in our community and we want to highlight it. We want to help people find music that is helpful for them in their walk. And also hopefully encourage the continued production and use of music in our community and in our services. How are you doing, Levi? I am super excited for finally doing another one of these episodes. I feel like it's been a bit, so I'm excited to jump back on board. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. We got a couple stories today. What we're going to talk about is I'm going to open talking about YouTube and some of my favorites that are on YouTube. And then you'll, you're going to do an album review of Recounting His Praise, which we'll talk about. And then we've got a great interview with Sister Ellie Wilson from the Cambridge Ecclesia on her founding the Southern Ontario Christadelphian combined Southern Ontario combined Christadelphian choir. It's I remember because it that, that sounds when you say that out loud S O C C C it sounds like sock which is very easy to remember. Uh, so yeah, let's get into what's on YouTube. I wanted to I wanted to talk about this because I think I don't listen to music on YouTube. Do you ever listen to do you ever like do you use YouTube to listen to music? I do, but generally it wouldn't be like Christadelphian music. It would be more right. like background music or work study music, that kind of thing. So yeah. yeah, I don't think I really I would go to it generally either for for spiritual music. Yeah, it's a huge um like whenever you read articles on music streaming, there's tons of people that use YouTube as kind of their main music service, right? Obviously, because it's free, you don't have to pay for Spotify or Apple Music. But also, yeah, because it's because it's super easy and people are already on the site a lot. So a lot of people use YouTube primarily as the way they listen to music. Like I use Spotify, different people use Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. But YouTube's actually the most popular. Um, I'm reading on this website, musically, musicalley.com, that 44% of Americans use YouTube primarily for music putting it well ahead of Spotify at 27%, Pandora at 25%. And it also says that 2 billion people in the world specifically consume music on YouTube. That's a huge number, and I've never heard of Music Alley, but I believe I, I believe it because I know a lot of people in my life personally, which I guess that's just totally anecdotal evidence, that really use YouTube primarily for, for music streaming. So yeah, It's a really, really interesting number. Um, I, it surprises then, me as well. So when you Google or when you search YouTube, when you search Chris Selfie Music on YouTube, what's interesting is the first the first two results are playlists that people have made, which which would indicate that people, you know, we have brothers and sisters that are using YouTube as a tool to access Chris Selfie music. Uh, there's and I, as I scroll down, there's multiple playlists and I'm recognizing I'm recognizing some of the names of some of the users. Um, that are going through. And then we get to your channel, Christophian Music, at, where you have your album on, which we discussed in episode one. I think obviously YouTube is a big tool that people are using to access music, which is great. It's, a, it's an easy, easy way. And people are on there. And I'm glad um, that we're representing our community on there. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's, there, I think there's probably more on there than even I would have realized. Yeah, so. it seems like a good place to discover, you know, discover Christophian Music that you haven't heard before. Go here. Google Christopher Music, check out some of these playlists. Um, there's so many now of these of the virtual choirs, right? That we that were very popular last year during the pandemic. You can access all those on here because most people put, put their YouTube up there. WCF, right. WCF has a channel where 
Hymns for Sunday are. Um, there's uh, Ashira Music, I believe, has a YouTube channel as well. Yep. Uh, yeah, lots of channels. And the, uh, oh, and then James's stuff, the seventh day is technically that's the second result of seventh day music. But I wanted to, I wanted to specifically draw people to my favorite song that's on YouTube. And that, so if you Google Let the Rain Fall, Chris Sedelfian, this is a gorgeous performance by a vocalist named Atara Johnson. It's produced and made by Joseph Cheek and it's on the Voices of Worship project. And there, there's a couple of these released on Spotify as well, but I suggest the YouTube version just because someone took the time to make this really beautiful video. Oh, you can download the, you can download the MP3 from the worship book. Uh, dot com if you want to if you want to listen to the song another way but this is a gorgeous song again search let the rainfall chris Elfian, and it's got only 3800 views it should have way more and probably a thousand of those are mine so i wanted to, i wanted to super suggest this song uh, to people on the episode that's awesome do you know if that's is that the purple worship book or the orange it's worship song, book that it yeah it's song 51 in the orange worship book cool i'm going to play a part and I know this isn't the greatest audio because I'm just going to play it onto my microphone, but it'll give people a taste and not this. Frankly, this is just way faster than me editing, the, editing this in later. Um, so I'm going to play a little piece uh, of song 51, Let the Rain Fall. So let the love this song and we'll definitely play it uh, at the end of the show as our closing track so definitely definitely check that out i remember when it came out it came out in june of last year so early pandemic times and i was just blasting it over and over this is a this is a great song strong recommend from me yeah i I really liked it as well um listening to it's definitely got a more modern flair to it which Mm. i think is something that a lot of people are probably looking for so yeah it's cool that that's out there as well yeah, we should probably talk. We should probably ask Joseph to come on the show because I know he mixed, he mixed and kind of produced this. Did a lot of the backing audio. I'd love to understand more about what he's doing and what he thinks about music in general. Cool. Yeah, that would be that'd be very interesting. I think we'll definitely have to, Joseph, if you're listening, we're going to recruit you. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, how. I wonder if it's a bad idea for me to just you know put on dream guests in here because then people will probably keep us accountable to getting in touch with them. But anyways, we'll do that. We should have Joseph Cheek on the show. So what are you cool. what are you talking about? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about a really beautiful Christadelphian album that has been out for many years now. But personally, I'd never actually sat down and, and really listened to it. I'd heard different songs from it over the years, but I never really hunted down the source and, and where this album came from. The album is The Voice of His Word. And... There's 21 songs on it, and it was produced by the Hansworth Christadelphians. And it's a really, really great source of content because there's an hour and 14 minutes total um, worth of listening time. So that's really exciting. And I know you actually recommended this um, album to me that we should, should do a review of it. So I'm really thankful that you did that. Yeah, I love this album. And it, it, it was fun kind of passing it to you to kind of explore for your first time 
So what were some of your takeaways? Yeah. So I decided to kind of go through the top recommendations that Spotify has. So I think they base it on which songs from the album get the most listens. Mm -hmm. So I kind of did their top five just to get an understanding for both myself and for other people of, of kind of what's on this. Yeah. And I think it's a good reflection of what people like. So the first song that comes up in the recommended list, and I guess the most popular would be a song called Peace. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful, beautiful song. I love the vocals on this one. Very soft, crisp, clear vocals. And it's a meditational song. Like it's, it's just so beautiful. It's actually Jesus's words to his disciples, and it's a great reminder for us and, and anyone who's listening to the song to not let our hearts be troubled and, and to not be afraid. And what I found super cool about going through this album was that you can pretty much listen to any of the songs and pull out God's word and literally find most of the lyrics right there in scripture. So when you go through... You might find that they're slightly tweaked just to to fit, and maybe they'll use a different version, like King James Version, ESV, NIV, depending what fits the best for the tune. But yeah, overall, it's just filled with God's word, which I think is just hugely beneficial to us Christadelphians to, to fill our minds with God's word through music. So the second song is Psalm 93. And what I liked about this song is the beautiful classical guitar. Mm -hmm. And again, this song is pretty much word for word scripture. And there's a really cool part of this song where it builds up. And there's this awesome part where the lyrics say that the seas have lifted up this voice, lifted up their voice. And there's this awesome cello, cello instrumentation that comes in, in the background. And I just found that really powerful. So yeah, they, they build that up again in the second verse where it says uh, mightier than the thunder of great waters. And I just thought it was awesome how um, they incorporated all of that into the song. Yeah. That's a beautiful layering part So they kind of build that up and then drop it again, just to that piano part. They have a really, really beautiful piano riff in that. Yeah. I think the dynamics are so good. Um, The third song is Psalm 113. And this one was just a really joyful song. It's, mm-hmm. it's very upbeat, positive, and catchy. And um, again, true to the lyrics like of scripture. So pretty much word for word, except I, I noticed that they had to throw in the occasional filler word to, to make the tune fit. But that one's mostly, I think they got the translation from the ESV or the NIV, I think, sorry. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Psalm 71 is the fourth song on the list it's a longer psalm with the majority of the lyrics coming from the king james version Mm -hmm. and for this song i absolutely loved the the lyrics obviously and the melody Mm -hmm. and i just thought it was a great combination when they combine um both the powerful lyrics that they chose with uh the main focus of the song so like verse verse eight of psalm 71 it says let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. And that's just such a good reminder for all of us, especially, you know, when we're looking at the topic of music, 
That's what it's all about. Letting our mouth be filled with praise. Um, then it goes on to say, but I will hope continually and I will yet praise thee more and more. And, and this is the, this is the thing about this CD guys. You can listen to music that is really beautiful and really well done. And it, it's something that you're going to really enjoy listening to, but it's the messages in these songs that are also just so good and so applicable to our lives that I think, and I think you'd probably agree with this, Levi, is that you can, you can go away feeling so uplifted from the music, but also you can almost walk away with like practical application for your life. So yeah, the fifth song and kind of the, the last one I wanted to, to mention was Psalm 91. And I just loved the way this one started with, there was like an electric piano sound. And that's another thing about this album that I found really cool is how many different sounds they use, how many totally. different instruments. Totally. Yep. Especially for the time period. I think a lot of the music out for Christadelphians around then was pretty much piano and that was it. So yeah. hearing an album from, you know, I think it was 10, 15 years ago. I'm not hundred percent sure. Do you know when? when yeah. I've been, work, I've been working on that and I, man, we, we, this is the kind of stuff we probably should have done before the episode, but it's my, but it's on me too. At the, if you on, on Spotify, it's listed as it, that it was released at 20 in 2015, but I'm pretty sure it's much earlier. Like, yeah, that's, I've got, that's what confused me as well. I know for a fact it was out by 2008, but so I'm pretty sure this is released in the like 2006, 2007 range. And this, this is their third album and the other two are not on Spotify, you know, or any of the streaming platforms, but this is a fantastic, yeah, totally fantastic album and easily accessible for everybody now. But yeah, to get the other, to get the others, you have to listen to CDs, which we, we, you know, not, not easy to do. Yeah. Well, maybe um, the result of this podcast is they'll get enough requests from people to uh, put them on the streaming services. Yeah. Yeah. Our thousands of listeners will just beat down their doors. That's right. <laughs> With our two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is, yeah, this is great. And I, I think I, you, uh, you touched on some, some songs that are so dear to me as, you know, stuff we've been listening to for over 15 years now. But if this is, if this is new to anyone, please, please look it up. And like I said, you can find it on Spotify. They have their own artist page, which is Handsworth Christadelphians. Great. Well, I'm going to, we'll play my interview with Ellie Wilson. I think this project is fantastic and really she has a she has a good story and I, I i hope why i asked her to to record this interview with me was i really think that in our community it's really helpful to hear about how someone else did something that you could possibly do in your ecclesia area you know and ellie uh does explain that you know how she how she eventually got the motivation and then kind of the team that she built for the for the choir and then, you know, obviously the bummer, like, like many other things is they, they had one performance and then were shut down due to COVID, but she does have, you know, hopes and plans for another performance coming up, hopefully when we get this pandemic more under control. So do you have any thoughts about the combined choir? No, I just know overall, though, my only point would be that anytime you're trying to coordinate a large group of Christadelphians... Yes from one geographical area, it's, it's a lot of work um, to try and pull that together into, you know, a choir and yeah, it just, it fascinates me. So I'm excited to, to hear this interview as well. Sounds good. So here is Ellie Wilson.
Welcome to Good Chris Selfie Music. I'm interviewing Ellie Wilson today. How are you doing today, Ellie? Very well, thanks, Levi. Yeah, thanks for having me to chat about music. Yeah, I'm super pumped. We invited you because specifically you've done something very cool in that you started a choir. What's the name of the choir? It's definitely not a pithy name. It's the Southern Ontario Combined Christadelphian Choir. Southern so Ontario if, Combined Christadelphian Choir. Yeah. Okay. So if anyone comes up with a good acronym or a better sounding name <laughs> that's shorter, <laughs> we just kind of wanted the name to say exactly what it was. Southern Ontario Combined Christadelphian Choir. That's S-O-C-C-C. Mm-hmm. The SOC. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. And you are living in Southern Ontario, but you have a different accent than that. So where are you actually, where are you actually from? So I grew up in Brisbane, Australia. So Northern States, tropical. And I moved here seven years ago when I married Craig Wilson. So what was music like for you as a younger person or in your ecclesia in Brisbane or kind of what was your musical background there? I grew up in a pretty musical family, so I'm the youngest of three, and we all learned piano from about five or six. That was very much part of our family growing up. Our ecclesia was also pretty musical. I've just been thinking about it in relation to today's uh, interview, and a lot of our pianists at the meeting were pretty talented, and we also had, like at the end of every year, Sunday school, all the classes would sing, like learn and sing a new song. If there was ever a special event, like a study weekend or a baptism, anyone in the ecclesia was invited to come and, and learn a new song or like a song on the theme of the weekend. Right. So I guess I never really thought about it before, but it was quite a musical ecclesia from that yeah. point of view. What yeah. was the name of the ecclesia? Wilston. That's cool. So it, it was yeah. kind of part. It was kind of part of your experience with with ecclesial life you know from the beginning mm-hmm, for sure and then as we got a bit older there was an ecclesia in brisbane that started a choir and it was for all the ecclesias in the area so we sang messiah a few times actually the cantata that was the um, our choir's first cantata jesus of nazareth so that was that was kind of opportunity to be involved in bigger productions right if you wanted to be yeah and so that existed before you joined it? Uh, I, the first time I joined, I was probably 14 or 15, and we sang Messiah. Right. That's a good experience. Yeah. The Messiah yeah. is pretty powerful. It was amazing. It was amazing. How, um, many people, how many people are in that choir or were at, when you joined it? The first time, it was big. I'm going to say over 100. Wow. And that I sang, sang Messiah again, maybe eight years later. Wow. And it was a bit smaller, maybe 50 or 60, but it was also a really good preaching tool. So I remember I invited a friend from high school. Yeah. Who we'd continued to be friends like after we'd left high school. I remember I invited them along to right. <laughs> this. So, yeah. And that I think... I mean, I don't know what they thought of Messiah, but it was just a nice way to invite someone along without it being anything too heavy. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a more accessible event. 
than like a uh-huh. Bible, study, Bible study thing. So then you traveled around and met Craig and moved to Canada. What ecclesia were you in when you married Craig or like when, when you kind of started the choir? I go to Cambridge and it's right. the same ecclesia we've gone to the whole time. So, right. so what yeah, year yeah. was it or how did it start? I think this is the most important thing because I, I do want this interview to be something that inspires other people to do the same thing. So what was the thought that hit you that you were like, I'd like to do this? Now, it had been modeled, I guess, right? Because in Brisbane, you mm-hmm. experienced it. So I think I was kind of missing the musical element that I'd grown up with. There's something about coming together to sing or to, to make music in an orchestra or a choir that it's just such a, I don't know, such a happy place. The right. people who are there are generally people who are really into it. It's very inspiring. I don't know. I just, so I kind of just missed that working together on a project that was Mm -hmm. really fun and uplifting. And I'm, I'm sure this is every ecclesia has its issues, but I, before I came here, I, I obviously wasn't really exposed to all the unity issues in Southern Ontario. Mm -hmm. And I thought getting together to sing would be one way that people from different backgrounds or different perspectives could potentially come together in a group and work on something together that was positive. Right. That was kind of, I floated the idea to a few people at my ecclesia who I know are into music and just kind of said like, what do you think? Do you think we could get this bigger than just our ecclesia? And they were on board. So then I, I, I contacted some other people from other ecclesias who I knew were particularly interested in music and said, like, would you be on board if, we, if we've got like a Southern Ontario choir going? So, and most people are pretty supportive. Yeah, that was really encouraging. So that's kind of how the idea started. And then I was able to use the resources that I'd used in the choir from back home. So all the music. I contacted the conductor there and, and, and got all that set up. So, I mean, that was an advantage for sure. I already have (laughs) the resources there and I'd sung it before. So it also wasn't brand new to me. And then I wanted to play the piano. So I didn't want to conduct and play. So I had to find a conductor. (laughs) Oh, cool. Who'd, Who'd you find? How'd you do that? So I emailed um, a couple of people, actually. So someone who always conducted or had been involved in conducting the Manitoulin Youth Conference Choir, or maybe it was the main camp, one of the Manitoulin camp choirs, and they weren't available to do it. So I ended up contacting Carolyn Jackson. I think she goes to Mississauga West. Mm -hmm. And, And I put the idea to her and said, would you be interested because she has conducted choirs, I think, at Manitoulin as well. Right. Yeah, she, she, was, she was interested, but definitely wanted to know more about it. So I sent her the music and, and kind of the premise behind it. And yeah, she was on board. So then, so then it was good. I had a conductor. I had a pianist, which is myself. And then I just had to recruit people <laughs> to actually be in it. Right. So what year was that? Do you remember the, do you remember the time? We started at the end of 2018, and then we performed in May 2019. Did you have another performance? Because I know we, we, we bumped into the pandemic pretty soon after mm-hmm. that. 
so then we we left it for a few months and we started again at the end of 2019 with the new lot of songs and we had a few practices into the beginning of 2020 but then the pandemic kind of happened and we kind of had to shut it down which was disappointing but mm. singing in a tight group was definitely not <laughs> was definitely not allowed with covid so yeah no i mean that was that was I think that's a really interesting thing when you talk about music and kind of choirs in general, but some of the first kind of some of the first major breakouts in 2020 were actually like church choirs. Like it's like the worst, it's like the worst. Yeah. As far as All singing goes. over the top of each other in very close quarters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So you only had one performance. How many practices did you have? And where would you hold those practices? So we practiced roughly from December to may and we had a practice roughly every second week just depending so what i did was because we're so spread out i asked if there was anyone who would be willing to run practices in their own area so we had a group of people on manitoulin island and there was someone there who could play the piano so they organized practices for their group there was a group in mississauga a group in like cambridge kitchener area a group in Hamilton. Wow. Uh, how many so, people how many people were there? So we ended up having 40 in the choir. So each group just kind of we kind of split it into geographical areas for practicing. And then once every maybe six weeks, we tried to all get together in a central location mm. to practice. Apart from Manitoulin, <laughs> they kind of um I think they came to maybe one or two of the combined practices. If anyone, but it just made it. Sorry, go ahead. I'll just say if anyone doesn't know the geography, they're much they're much more isolated than the rest of mm-hmm. Southern Ontario. And then yeah, when we got together for the combined practices, it was it was just very encouraging to kind of have the full force of the choir there, and I think it kind of gave everyone a boost, and they you know they went back to their areas to do their practices in between so yeah that's cool because you could you could kind of give them homework assignments between the six week mm-hmm. practices too mm-hmm. um, and how many different ecclesias was it so we had seven ecclesias represented and we ranged in age from i'm gonna say i think the youngest was 15 and the eldest was in their 70s wow that's cool yeah it was very cool <laughs> Yeah, you hit on it earlier when you were talking about the, the choir you grew up with in Brisbane, just how that, to me, just how it, it it kind of brings people together and working towards an event. And and I think it's really interesting how that's cross-generational and how it, it's kind of an equalizer as well. So it's a unifier, the, a choir or a performance or a, pr- a project like that is like a unifier and an equalizer. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Right? I think that's one of the things that makes music so beautiful is it really isn't, you're never too young or, or too old to love music and to make music. Mm. So, yeah. Totally, yeah, totally, that's really cool. Was there a story or, or like an experience of someone being like more involved or like you had these people that were all of a sudden way into it that you didn't expect? Did you get help from kind of people you didn't expect? There was certainly, I have a couple of people at my home ecclesia at Cambridge who 
are very musical and who always are on board. So I don't know if you know, but Sister Sue Brokaw, mm-hmm. um, she's a very good pianist and she was very good. So she was super encouraging as well because you know, when you sometimes are trying to get something off the ground, you can second guess it. Well, I certainly do think like, Oh no, was this a good idea? This is maybe I've bitten off more than I can chew. I don't know if people will be interested. So she was, super encouraging and was also a very good backup you know to help with playing and things like that right and carolyn jackson the the conductor was also really encouraging and just a very steady hand on the choir like she was she was fantastic i I would definitely ask her to to team up with her again if we do this again yeah yeah so that, that leads to the question so you shut down well let me ask about the first performance first, but mm-hmm. so you got ready for your May performance of 2019, you said? Yes. And what was that like? Where was it? How many people came? So we ended up renting a church kind of in between all of where, like where all the choir practices had been located. So kind of midway between Toronto, Cambridge, Hamilton, mm-hmm. which ended up being amazing because it had such good acoustics oh, that's for cool. a start. So I think we were super excited to sing it. The choir was, because I think sometimes when you do so much hard work and then you sing in like a, a rec hall or something, which, so we have our ecclesia is in, in just a, a rented hall. Right. And um, the sound can just kind of be flat. So yep. when we, we did a practice, kind of a dress rehearsal on the afternoon of the performance and everyone was just so excited because we we sounded as good as we could possibly sound That's so, uh, cool. so, so that was great the acoustics were great it was all set up to accommodate a choir so there was microphones and like a, a little stage there was recording equipment there was a grand piano so that was really exciting as quiet members to, yeah. to perform somewhere like that. And we ended up, we had to sell tickets because the place had a capacity limit and we sold out. So we sold 150 Wow. Uh, people cool. came and we had refreshments after. So a couple of sisters, maybe three or four of them baked all these delicious treats and had it all set out beautifully for afterwards. And it was just, so exciting to see the people who turned up. So there was babies to like el- quite elderly. Right. There were people who had wanted to be in the choir, but were in isolation. And so couldn't quite make it to practices. So they'd come for the actual performance. There were people who hadn't come out for a while who came to it, a big range of ecclesias. So yeah, super exciting. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those that that performance event kind of became quite a quite a thing, and I love that feeling. I mean, you, you, which I mean, I've experienced it in smaller ways of so just building up to that big event and how that mm-hmm. how that works out is definitely cool. Like you said, you're kind of working together um, with people mm-hmm. you may not even normally work together with. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really good uh, for other people to see what we've been working on because it was something new. I think people were like, oh, wow, that was, we really enjoyed tonight. You 
please do it again. So I think people had heard like, oh, there's a choir going on, but hadn't quite realized the scope of it and how many yeah. people were involved. And, and the music itself, I really enjoy the cantata. It's called, it's called Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good uh, set of, of songs, which there's, there's something for everyone in it. So yeah, it was just a very uplifting night, like socially, musically, spiritually. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's really um, good. So, so yeah, super cool. And you were shooting to do a second one. When when was the second one going to be? The second performance. So, so similar time frame. So around May. Okay. Um, yeah, at the same, we'd we'd rented the same venue again for the right. performance. And I think I didn't ever think of this before, but the lady we rented it off at the church was like, Oh, would you mind if I brought my family along so cool. um, for the performance? And I had never really thought of it as a preaching tool, like from that point of view. And then we also had one of the ABs after the first performance say like, would you be prepared to do the performance again? But we open it up to the public which I was like, I don't know if we're good enough for the public to, <laughs> to you know, come buy a ticket. When we say buy a ticket, it was just, it was for free. Right. But, um, it was just for numbers. For numbers. But because we had all the, the words up on a PowerPoint, so you could follow along what the choir was singing. They're like, you know, it's just, it's such a good message. It's the gospel. It's the hope. It's Christ's birth, death, and resurrection. It's everything kind of in a nutshell so so yeah we had made plans to potentially do it later on in the year as as a preaching effort it it never we never ended up doing it but yeah um, it was an interesting concept that i had never really thought that we it could have been a very effective preaching tool as well yeah, it does feel like a kind of thing where if you've done all this work, you should repeat it like four mm-hmm. times, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, let's, let's do this here, 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 like take it, yeah. take it on, take it for on sure. tour in a way, <laughs> which that's, I guess that's a lesson you would have learned for the, for the second time, which didn't happen. So, so the mm-hmm. pandemic, the pandemic happens and how has that worked out as far as the choir? What are you guys doing now? Or So just recently, actually a couple of choir members asked me about it because we're back in person at our Ecclesia and yeah. they said like, Oh, are we getting choir going again? Because I, I usually started it a bit before Christmas, just kind of gave people the songs so they could right. start listening to them. And it wasn't, we didn't really start practicing till the new year. So I'm actually undecided. I don't know whether to bring back the songs we sang or started to sing last year right? or to get, complete a completely new set of songs yeah interesting but you will but that answer means you probably will do something by may yes i think so i guess if you're listening to this and you live in southern ontario (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely or if you don't live in southern ontario but you could come to the performance and if you were diligent about practicing at home you could definitely (laughs) be part of it (laughs) awesome so Do you have any advice then? So the idea is that someone listening to this, who's thinking Mm -hmm. my area could do this, I could do, you know, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could help do this or find a team to start a, start a choir. What would you, what would you tell them? So. 
Mm. Absolutely go for it. <laughs> there's not enough there's not enough music. I feel like there's not enough music in Christadelphia that people can get involved in. We obviously sing on Sunday and and Wednesday nights, but there's not a lot of extracurricular music that people can get involved in. And it's it's such a joyous way to bring people together and to praise God. Mm-hmm. So if you have an opportunity to do that, I mean, it doesn't have to be on such a big scale. You could do something much smaller. I will say that if anyone is wanting to start a choir and they want 50 copies of Jesus of Nazareth <laughs> to give it a go, I've kept all the copies of music. So I'd like to, every time we do something like this, kind of start a library that mm-hmm. other people could borrow the music and do something in their own area. I think it's it's definitely handy if you have even just a couple of people who are in support of you. So if you can find someone to play for you and someone to conduct, or if you want to be either of those people, that's very helpful. It, it is a lot of work, but I found it very rewarding. I think that's that's one of my takeaways from hearing you now is that I had in my mind that you were the one who started it, but you clearly had a team of people and some big, big supporters that kept you going too. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was just your mighty engine that, that could do it. Because <laughs> definitely starting something new, a lot of people are not necessarily on board straight away. Uh, mm-hmm. They need to be convinced or they need to see it happen yeah. once. Yeah. And then they say, oh, wow, that was amazing. I'd love to be part of it now, which is great for the second time round. But the first time round can sometimes feel like an uphill battle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so definitely if you have just one or two people who are always keen, it's it's very refreshing. And if you are that person to someone, if you're the person who's always keen and enthusiastic, I don't know if you realize, but it's so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, everyone knows what it's like when you when you sign up to do something. Sometimes it is a drag, even if it's something you you do want to do, it can sometimes conflict with other appointments or things that you're trying to do in your busy life with your family right. or and to think oh I've got choir practice this week oh like I don't have time for that so we definitely had a lot of that we definitely didn't have a full choir every time we had a practice so be prepared for that <laughs> yeah but, so that that leads me so just kind of do you have any specifics about things to avoid or thoughts thoughts to avoid or like I'm definitely not a professional choir master by any means. <laughs> well, just, yeah, just tips, tips that you get someone else who wants to start one could hear. Yeah. And, oh, okay. Um, so like I said, don't be discouraged. If you, if some weeks only half of your choir turn up, it's very normal. They will definitely turn up on the night. <laughs> I think just from a practical point of view, Make sure you've done all your homework with copyright of music. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you know your music very well before you start teaching it to other people. So one thing I found helpful was I recorded, I had a recording from when we'd sung it back in Australia, actually. I had an oh, wow. old recording of that 
that I was able to send to the choir and say like, here's the songs, listen to them all and just get familiar with the, the sound of them. And then for some of the songs that had particularly intricate four part harmonies, I did record the soprano alto tenor bass separately and sent those separate recordings to each um, nice. group to say like, here's the alto part, you know, with the alto bashed out very loudly so you can hear yeah, it yeah, yeah that was that was helpful especially i find for tenors and basses one very cool thing that i that happened in this choir that i have ne- that has never happened in any choir i've ever been a part of was we had more male singers than female oh wow that's <laughs> yeah, that is, so that's usually not... we have a ton of sopranos yeah a good lot of altos and then like very few tenors and then you know, a few basses. But this time it's not, so, and it sounded amazing having just like a very full bass tenor section. Yeah. So it was very cool. That's surprising. What do you hope for the future of the choir? So I would love to keep it going and I'd love for it to get, bigger and include more people and include just a wider range of people. So there were maybe four or five people in isolation who were very keen to be part of it. And I would love to somehow include them, I don't know, maybe virtually. It is kind of hard to do a virtual singing thing just with the sound, but I would love a way for people who are in isolation right now or who are who are in small ecclesias I'd love for them to be part of it and to be able to sing on you know the final night with you know 50 100 people it would just be amazing yeah I definitely want to get it going again one really great thing last last year when we did get it going for the second time we had some younger people in it so I think the youngest was maybe 10 Oh, wow. Cool. So we had a couple of younger kids and then we also were hoping to include a couple of songs for children. So they would practice it in Sunday school and then be part of the performance on the night, just like sing their couple of songs and, and then the, the adult choir would take over. But right. That's yeah, awesome. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get it going again this year start it and then do a performance next year. And I think um, Carolyn mentioned this last time, we're also looking at maybe getting some instruments involved as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that all pans out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Ellie. You said a lot of really impactful things. And I feel like there's so many more kind of threads we could tug on this, but I think it's yeah definitely awesome. And so if someone did want to start one, they could get in touch with you. Uh, sure, I can share my pearls of wisdom with them. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I can I can definitely give you tips on running the choir, even just little things that I learned along the way, like starting the choir with little vocal exercises, just things like that, that in me researching how to run a choir and conduct a choir and inspire a choir. Yeah. Um, I, I learned a ton along the way because I've never conducted or run a choir. I've just been in them. So it was a learning curve for me, for sure. And then even just sourcing the material and making sure um, yeah, totally. everyone had their music and prepping you know, a, a plan for 
uh, choir practices for four months, booking a venue. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. If I'm more than happy to help or just chat with anyone who's even thinking of doing it and definitely be a cheerleader for anyone who's thinking of doing it. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, if you listen to this and want to want to be in touch with Ellie, get in touch with us and we'll we'll put you in touch. And thank you so much. This has been this has been a real treat. And I, I really pray that that you will continue on for many, many more years that aren't uh ridden by a national by an international <laughs> pandemic. So yeah. I mean, I should really do one last shout. I should really do a shout out to Craig, who is a sounding board for all my ideas. And I think I'm sometimes very nervous when I say like, hey, I've had this idea, but he's always super supportive. And even though he loves singing, he's definitely not a choir, like he's not really been in choirs before, but he dutifully turned up to every choir practice and sung in the choir. <laughs> so that was awesome. Yeah, he is a great man. Yeah, he's an excellent support for sure. Thank you, Ellie, for your time. Thanks for having me, Levi. It was great to chat. So that was Ellie Wilson. I think, again, that's an awesome interview. And I totally hope that it inspires someone to, to start a choir wherever you are, especially if you live you know, in an area with multiple ecclesias. Definitely, definitely inspiring. And that's our episode for today. Thanks for listening, guys. And thanks, Levi, for um, doing this podcast again today. And if you guys have any questions, comments, feedback, or suggestions, you can send us an email at goodchristadelphianmusic at gmail.com. Obviously, you can also hit us up on social media, wherever you can find us, which would be like Facebook and Instagram for both of us, I believe. We're probably the only uh, ones that you know. Just search Levi and you'll find us. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll close out the show with with Let the Rain Fall, or song 51 from the Orange Worship book. Uh, So thanks again for listening. God bless. Start something new dry ground calls out to you I need to see your strong hand send your rain upon this land so let the rain fall let the rain fall help me grow help me show your